Father, uh, again, we thank you so much uh, just uh, to be in your presence. Father, I am personally grateful uh, to be amongst my brothers and sisters here at the Church of Chicago. Lord God, we ask you now that you would, uh, again, open our hearts and our minds. Uh, Lord God, how we have worshipped you in, in, in giving, how we have worshipped you in song, uh, worship you in fellowship as we commune with one another uh, because we share the blood of Jesus Christ in common, Lord. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, for this, uh, this afternoon of worship. Uh, again, may you be glorified and may you be pleased with our hearts. Now again, as we turn to your word, we ask you that your anointing would be present to speak to us clearly. Uh, that thing uh, uh, that you want to address to us. We love you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So why do you lie? Simple as that. Why do you tell the lies that you tell? Uh, some folks have uh, somehow uh, divided lies between lies and white lies. Uh, like some lies are supposed to be better than others. Uh, but you see, to God, all lies are exactly the same. Uh, that when you sin before God, God calls it sin. Uh, God doesn't say, well, I'm just going to pat you on the head because that was a little white lie, so you are okay. That's stuff that we made up. Many of us lie to get ourselves out of trouble. You know what I mean? When you know that you've done uh, what you should not have done, then you start telling lies. Probably every single last one of us in this place today have told lies to our parents because we've done things that we had no business doing. Uh, like uh, taking our fingers and, and, and somehow going inside of a pie that your mother uh, has made and taking out all the goodness and then going back and patching it up. Uh, and then when it's time for dinner, they go to cut and they wonder what happened to the inside of the pie. And then when, uh, when my mama asked me who did that, I mean, when your mother asked you who did that, you said it was not I. Other times we lie because we just want to get ahead in life. We lie about people. Oh no, you don't want to use them because as soon as you bring them on, they're just going to cause you all kind of problems. Uh, but in our passage today, uh, we're going to talk about a lie of a different sort, uh, specifically uh, that of a deceptive spirit. And the Apostle John, he tells us that, well, you already know the truth. So the lie should be easy to recognize. But these lies, these deceptive spirit brothers and sisters, they're found all over the place. They can be destructive 
to your church and they can be destructive to your faith. So let's hear what the Word of God says. First John chapter 2 beginning in verse 18. John he writes, children it is the last hour and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. And so the Apostle John says that uh, the Antichrist spirit is already present in the world. Uh, I, I want to encourage you this afternoon uh, that uh, if you feel yourself uh, beginning to doze off, I want you to, to slap yourself, right? And if you can't uh, slap yourself, then ask someone sitting next to you uh, that if I doze out, I need for you just to give me a nice little jaunt on the jaw. Why? Because this is an important message. I'm, I'm telling you, this is an extremely important message that we all must grasp, both young and old, and everyone else in between. The first thing in this passage I need for you to look at in verse 18 are the words, it is the last hour. In the Greek formal language, we call this being part of a kasmos, right? And in a chasmos, basically, uh, what you find at the end is what you find uh, at the beginning. Uh, but uh, the way that is written is written like in this cross-like form. Uh, this is the way it's written in the original language. Uh, but what it's saying is, in both ways, it's actually pointing to something else. But first, we need to deal with uh, this idea of uh, the last hours. Uh, John, he says... Uh, that it is the last hours or it is akin to saying that it is the last days and you know that we have heard plenty of stories all the time throughout all of our life that the end is coming right uh, and I've mentioned this before uh, that some, I remember as a kid that some folks said that the end was coming in 1976 uh, do any of you remember that 1976 uh, it was coming a lot of us it was coming from the church somehow uh, they had gotten all this together and says 1976 was going to be the end of the world and then you remember that other time right uh, when people sold their homes and yes they did uh, people literally they sold their homes and they even tried to get low interest rates uh, to try if they couldn't sell their houses and they also they stocked supplies for the long hauls in their basements because they believe that Y2K, the year 2000, would truly be the end of the world, that disaster would surely come. Uh, they didn't figure, they didn't know how, but they were thinking as they put it together, all the clocks and things that had to be reset, that, that once, uh, because they couldn't get to everything, that eventually all this stuff would just come to a con uh, collision. But I tell you that one of the things that we must do, uh, that we must take to heart what Jesus says. Amen? We must take to heart what Jesus has said about uh, the end times. Because whatever generation we find ourselves in, we must understand that we're closer to the end than they were 2,000 plus years ago. 
Uh, so it, it is true uh, what John says. He says, uh, so now many antichrists have come. He says, you've heard uh, that the antichrist is coming, but I want you to know, uh, whoops, there it is, that, uh, that the antichrist is already present in the world. Fact remains, the closer we get to the end of all things, the more signs warn us about the impending end of, uh, of life, of existence as we know. Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 and 7. Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 and 7. So Jesus said this as an example, right? Uh, in the last days, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But he tells us to see that you are not alarmed. So in other words, don't get upset. You know, every time, you know, we turn on the news, open up the newspaper, there's bad news after bad news on top of bad news. Jesus says, don't be alarmed. He said, because this first, that it must take place. But even with all that, he says, uh, the end, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Do you not know that the last couple of days that Japan had another earthquake? Did you know that? A big one too. So we know that it seems like, you know, all of these disasters, uh, that it's, it feels as if it's the end, but know that previous generations, they experienced the same thing. During the time of World War I and World War II, people were saying the end is coming. I mean, think about it. Uh, many of the, the major world powers at war with one another, surely we're going to kill each other all up. But John goes on to tell us that the Antichrist is coming, but many Antichrists are already in operation. What? John says that the Antichrist, you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, but many Antichrists are already in operation. But wait a minute, is he talking double talk? Well, according to much of our understanding of Antichrist, we have always thought that the Antichrist was a singular being. In other words, that there was only one Antichrist. That's why it says Christ, singular. But John says that there are many antichrists. I believe that, that John uh, does understand, and it was his understanding as well as all the other disciples and apostles' understanding that there is and will be a singular antichrist who operates in this world as a dark power. But John, what he was saying, he was saying that uh, there are people who exist in the world who operate with, here it is for understanding, the spirit of the Antichrist. So they are not the Antichrist, but they operate with the spirit of the Antichrists. First, the Antichrist, who is he? He is one who is empowered by Satan. You hear what I'm saying now, right? Uh, uh, the Antichrist is empowered by Satan. Doing what? Performing false miracles. So, uh, and false wonders. So, uh, that means 
just because somebody has mentioned the name of Jesus Christ and they're taking a towel on television and they're saying, boof, you are healed. All I'm saying is that make sure you know the word of God. Right? I don't know. I, I, but what I do know is make sure you know the word of God. Revelation chapter 13 verse 5. Here he is. This is the Antichrist. One of the things that's clear about the Antichrist, that he, he is bold against God and a bold against God's children. You hear what I'm saying? I'll say it one more time. He is bold against God and bold against God's children. Revelation 13, 5. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty or prideful and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Verse 6, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. So in other words, he was speaking against God and speaking against God's people. Again, verse 18 tells us uh, that the Antichrist is coming, uh, but that uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is already present in the world. So this tells us that the spirit of that which opposes God is already active in the world, and we have seen this through the temptation of Adam and all of human history. There was a starting point for this, and it continues even in our times today. Yes, there are many antichrists in the world. Uh, this was true not only then, but also true today. We have seen them. Diabolical leaders in history like Stalin, Mussolini, and other, any leader who says he's for justice for the people, uh, but then once everybody comes aboard, uh, subjugates them to a slave-like existence. So it seems that uh, the greater increase of uh, antichrist spirited people that continue to surface, that they are paving a way for the antichrist. Uh, listen what I'm saying, uh, that all the folks that have the spirit of the antichrist a little bit here and a little bit there, basically what's happening is it is inoculating us. You hear what I'm saying? That, that these little bitty spirited antichrist folks are inoculating us. If people grow accustomed to thinking, uh, this type of thinking popping up all over the place, that eventually it won't be a big deal when folks start blaspheming big time on television, political leaders are talking against God. It won't be a big deal. You remember at one time it was a big deal using the Lord's name in vain. But now uh, folks uh, use his name in vain, in vain with abandon. Uh, you use the Lord's name in vain when you use it as a cuss word. So uh, somehow, I, figured, I can't figure this out, right? You want to use a cuss word, but in essence, some folks, they're afraid of, of, of offending folks. So instead of using a curse word, you use Jesus' name. This spirit is, is a commonplace and more people denigrate the Lord and now it becomes easier and easier and easier when that happens the Antichrist entrance into the world scene 
may not be so surprising. So as we get a little bit of inoculation here, a little bit of inoculation there, then it becomes easier to accept uh, this one uh, uh, individual who makes his way onto the world scene because we never speak up. We never speak up. But listen what John goes on to say. <laughs> he says that the Antichrist spirit is present in the church. He says that the Antichrist spirit is present in the church. First uh, John chapter 2 verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, uh, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us you know everybody who says that they're on your side may not be on your side everybody that says they're on your side uh, may not be on your side uh, you remember uh, the well-known story of betrayal and when I was uh, just looking up the, just a concept of betrayal uh, there's one name that uh, seemed like it always came in first place you know who that was it was Judas. He had much of the same talk and even ate with Jesus and the disciples for years, yet uh, eventually he had a hidden agenda. That agenda, of course, was to compromise the person and ministry of Jesus for personal gain. But if you know the scripture, you also know uh, that he was moved by a dark force. It eventually became obvious that he was not a true disciple uh, as he eventually left Jesus and joined with another gang. So at first, uh, he had uh, integrated himself all with the, the good Christians. Amen? Come in the church, raising his hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But eventually that dark force uh, that it could not hold itself back. It had to do what it needed to do and that was to give up D Jesus for death. Uh, but I'm sure that you've also experienced this type of bittersweet relationship before. Those folks who have promised to stick with you through thick and thin uh, but they abandon you as soon as they see oh there's a, 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 one blade of green grass on the other side of the fence so I'm going to go running after that. All those folks will say yeah I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there next to you and you turn around and there's nothing but air behind you. You then realize that it may have, they have been in it for themselves. Uh, but scripture tells us uh, that there were some people in the church whose hearts were not right because uh, they were not with you in the first place. Yes, that could be true even here at our church. Listen to this. At first, he used lots of Christian words in his speeches. Oh man, he talked about the blessings of the Almighty and the Christian confessions of faith. How 
uh, how would it look like uh, the blessings of God and the confessions of the Christian faith uh, with a new government wouldn't that be wonderful the kingdom of God he assumed the earnestness of a man but he had a responsibility uh, for his folks oh he talked about God and what God was doing in his speech he, he, he talked to the press about what God was doing and even uh, wrote little articles in some Christian publications. One of the things he would also do, he would lift up his Bible. His Bible would be tattered. Right? His, battered, uh, look, his Bible uh, looked uh, like he had been studying it and he was in it day and night and sleeping with the Word of God. Scores of folks welcomed him because they thought uh, maybe uh, this guy, uh, he was sent by God. Well, Adolf Hitler was a master of outward religiosity, but he had no inward reality. So he had all the outcroppings of being a Christian at first. But eventually, what he really was, it came out. And I know that, uh, that this is an extreme example, uh, but I want you to know uh, that the spirit is oftentimes uh, a little bit more subtle than this. When you begin to doubt the word of God and question the validity of Jesus, uh, then I am saying that the seeds may have been sown by the adversary. Why? Because he wants to sow those doubts in your mind. He wants to tell you, don't believe that. Uh, he wants to say, you know, believe what your, uh, your, your friends say. Believe what your partner said. For that matter, uh, believe what your family members have said. I was uh, on my way home last night, early, uh, late last night, early this morning. And um, as God would have it in his providence, I uh, heard an interview of someone whom uh, they, uh, they uh, deemed, it was on CBS, uh, that they had deemed to be a great Christian scholar. And one of the things that he began to say, he's saying, he began to say that all the stuff uh, that Christians believe, he calls himself a Christian, all the stuff that Christians believe, uh, really, uh, uh, they're only due just to a couple of folks. Either Paul, uh, Peter, and Mary Magdalene. Uh, that's why we believe what we believe. It doesn't even have to do with Jesus. Jesus, that he, he never said any of that stuff about himself being God. But I want you to know this. As we go to verse 20. As someone who studies the word and love the Lord, you know the truth. You know the truth, verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. So because you and me, we are firmly rooted and grounded in our faith, uh, there are some things that we should already know. 
And if your rap only consists of that I was, all I know is I'm saved. Well, you need to know more than you were saved. Amen? Uh, all I know is that I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? But you need to know something else too, amen? Because as we learn from our camp, uh, uh, the scripture says to study. Huh. So wait a minute. If that's all you know, when are you operating with that other command now? So we must pursue the Lord and go after him even when it's not Sunday. It means to read scripture and put things together so that you will not be fooled by what everybody else is calling. Uh, look here, uh, you need to turn from that and look at this really cool spiritual thing. Just like I told you before, uh, several weeks ago, right? I told you the story, how, how this guy, he told me, you got to read this book, you got to read this book. I'm like, why? He says, but it tells you all about scripture. I says, well, have you read scripture? Like, well, no, well, I'm planning on getting in that. But So he's, he's going to start with an opposing view first and not know what the main view is. And he called himself a Christian. You see, as we study God's word, as we memorize it, this is why I love the presentation that I saw. Because what it does, uh, it, it implants the seed of God's word into the heart. And then when you implant uh, the word of God into your heart, uh, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. Amen? Uh, how are you going to go to the bank and say, you know, I need to withdraw uh, my, uh, my $100 plus all the interest that I earn with it. Uh, your bank is going to tell you first, you got to put some money in. There's nothing there. Uh, within our faith, we know we have been uh, indeed sealed by the Holy Spirit if you have believed Jesus Christ, but you have to give God something to work with. How is God going to bring a scripture to your remembrance if you've never memorized scripture? Uh, you spent, I wish I had my phone here. I can do it real good, but I'll do it anyway. Who, who has a phone? Who has a phone? You got a phone? Good, I'm glad you don't have a phone. All right, Brother Dennis, he has a phone. Y'all pray for him, amen? Y'all pray for him? Give me your phone. All right. He, he, said, it, he said it was a setup. Oh, who's this lovely lady? <laughs> oh, your wife. Okay, all right, dude, you're okay. All right, all right. I had to ask, and I asked publicly now, so you're okay. <laughs> Laying on the bed. <laughs> Have sleep in the car at the stoplight. 